the Duke comes through with the peppers again. Normally at the 10 o'clock hour. I think that's kind of being a ritual every day now. Uh, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. We are going to go in the community with uh, hockey days on for United Cycle, where you can save up to 35% off United Sport and Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years. It's a busy weekend uh, locally, on campus, junior, um, pretty well everywhere. The city is uh, vibrant with uh, local sports, uh, a lot of hockey going on, especially uh, in the university ranks. And we uh, check in with uh, Darren Bolachek now from the Pandas hockey team. Good morning, Darren. Thanks for coming on. Morning, Kevin. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Well, so how's the team looking so far? How have the Pandas been off to a start here so in the early going? Well, we've jumped out pretty pretty well. Uh, we're, I mean, it's always a work in progress. Just trying to put our game together. We've had <laughs> games where power play is really good, and uh, other games where five on five is really good, and other times where uh, goaltending has helped us out. So outcomes have been been pretty good. We're just trying to put our game together as we move forward through the season here. Last weekend in Saskatchewan, what was that yeah. series like against the Huskies? Tight, tight one, wasn't it? Yeah, you know it's always tough going into uh, into Sask. They uh, they play a good game in their building. Um, we got first game. We got down a couple goals uh, early in the first period, and uh, this this league you just can't afford to give a period away like mm-hmm. that. And uh, when you're chasing the game, and um, their goalie came up big on some some key stops, and uh, we weren't able to catch up. Um, and then yeah, moving into the second game, we came out with uh with a better effort and uh again it's it tough tough scoring in that building and got one late to uh push to overtime and then uh pop one in overtime three on three our guest on the kevin carey show on sports 1440 is university of alberta pandas hockey head coach darren balachek uh, darren who are some of the players that you could kind of mention that have been i guess standing out so far for your team this year well, I mean, we've had we've had a bunch of uh, a bunch of players step up. I mean, our, our starting goalie Hallie Oswald's always uh, hmm. always rock solid in that for us. Um, we've had our captain Izzy Lajoie, um has always always been a, mm-hmm. a, a reliable defender, but she's stepped up offensively this year and uh, popping in some points. Uh, Jaden Morden has uh, been on fire. Uh, early in the season, and uh, we, we have some girls finding their game where they're where they're successful. Uh, we have a fair number of returning girls. Not a lot of uh, not not really a young per se a young team, but uh, so we're we're finding our way pretty well. Uh, you know, Darren, we had Serge Lajoie on earlier this week, uh, mm-hmm. assistant coach now with the Edmonton Oil Kings, used to play at the Alberta Golden Bears, coach yeah. there as well. And, you know, he was talking about coaching his son and now his daughter, as you just mentioned, Izzy, is there. The I mean, the Lajoies, I mean, what do you think uh, What do you think Christmas mornings like was like at the Lajoie house growing up, uh, playing a little street hockey and things like that? Wow, what a family. Yeah. Yeah, it's all hockey all the time, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. What kind of player is Izzy? Oh, she's she's the ultimate leader. Um she's humble, compassionate, uh on the ice. She she's team first player. Um she's 
she's always been a good defender, penalty killer, um, fast, pressures hard, uh, and like I said, she's got a she's got a good shot, and she's finding finding the net a little bit a little bit more this year, and uh, um, helping out offensively, which is really rounding out her game. Uh, she's yeah, she's she's the ultimate leader right now. Darren Balachuk, Panda's hockey head coach, uh, is our guest on Sports 1440. You know, Darren, I got to Edmonton in 1998. How, Howie Draper yeah. started the program, I believe, in 1997. Uh, this has been the first time that there's been a little bit of a change. There's been a little bit of a change going on at the head coaching position. What's it like for you now that Howie is uh, off to New York here in the near future? What's it like for you? to take over as head coach of the Pandas this year? Well, I can't my, I mean, obviously I'm honored to, mm-hmm. to, to take over the team. Um, but I was lucky enough to be with Howie for 10 years yeah. um, going into this season. So, uh, so it, the culture, how he coached, none, none of that was new to me. Um, we saw the game very similarly. We, um, Obviously, there's there's a few differences here and there um, this year that that we've brought in, but uh, how he's been a part of that team for mm-hmm. forever, and I, I, he's he's woven into the the crest of those jerseys. Um, you know, the leadership groups and Howie that have uh, come come previously have built this culture. It's not one group or one person. Um, and and the group we have this year is just as important and adding just as much to to this uh, this team and this program. So, as we're speaking with Darren Balachuk from Panda's hockey team, would you say the philosophy, Darren, of the team is basically the same, but just a different voice being yours? Yeah, I think it's it's very similar. I mean, I, that's probably. A, question for the <laughs> for the players but uh but i i think it's very similar like obviously there there's some differences uh we just going into this year through the transition uh it's it's been the mantra since day one with me that we're taking this season in little bites and mm-hmm. it, it's just what's in front of us how do we get better tomorrow um we're going to learn every day and we're going to keep moving forward no matter what that day brought and uh, right and, and how how we can be better um, for the next day. So, um, trying to stick trying to stick to that. It's hard, like not to look forward too far. Um, but uh, but that's what we're sticking with, and it seems to be working so far. And everybody everybody's buying in. Every, I ask I ask them every practice, every game. What do we have to do to be better tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think they're getting used to that because the answers are coming better and better every weekend. So yeah, ha- having said that, you're not Howie Draper. You're Darren Balachek. <laughs> how yeah. how do you, as a coach, kind of be your own guy? Because you've been under Howie, as you said, for a decade. How do you be your own coach to these players moving forward? Well, I think part of it. I mean, we've always we've always done things as a team on the coaching staff. Like we have, I have excellent supports on the staff and coaching side. And uh, so, so moving forward with some new ideas, new thoughts that um, we had talked about and, and even 
preseason with Howie, um, things that we might want to change and look at. So moving forward with some of those things that, that I believe in or we believe in as a staff, um, that there's some changes on ice for sure. Um, off ice, obviously, there's some changes how he'd been doing things for 26 years. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty set in what happened and how it happened. And uh, um, like you said, this has been very collaborative between the team and myself. And uh, I'm hoping that shows the result uh, come the end of the season. I kind of asked the same question to all the coaches that we have on, Darren. And as a coach, how do you, I guess, balance and as a coach, try to help all the student athletes do both because it's such a juggling act when you're at this level to play such a high level of competitive hockey, but to make sure that you're doing a good job in the schoolroom, in in the classroom, and have that balance. Uh, do you do you kind of chat a lot with the players on your team to make sure that you know everybody's house is in order on both platforms? Well, this, yeah, and and it's tough. I mean, we do we do check ins. Uh, regularly with with players for for on ice and off ice and uh the supports that the university has obviously are are vast uh, the resources that the players can uh take advantage of but uh i i can't believe the schedule that these mm-hmm. athletes go through um between off-ice workouts during the day to all their schooling through the day, on-ice practices, games on the weekends, to be able to still uh, step up, perform on the ice, but also keep up their academics so that not only are they eligible, but they they excel. And, uh, you know, every year I shake my head going, man, I I don't know how you guys do this because... I don't know that I could. That's for sure. Oh. Um, with the schedules they have, so um, my my hats are off to all all the student athletes out there because it's it, mm-hmm. it would be um, very stressful at the best of times. Mm-hmm. One, yeah, one last one for you, Darren. And what's sure. uh, what's the schedule like this weekend? Run us run us down dates, times, locales. Seven o'clock. Uh, tonight at Claire Drake, uh, we have MRU, who's always tough. We're always battling, uh, you, hopefully, usually at the top of the stand, mm-hmm. standings with them. Um, so it'll be a great game. Uh, we have our military appreciation night tonight. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow we're 7 o'clock at the Flames Arena in Calgary against MRU for uh, the second half of the home and home. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, good luck this weekend, and uh, hopefully the games go well, and uh, great that you're having the appreciation for the military tonight. Thanks a lot for this, uh, Darren. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Kevin. That is uh, Panda's head coach, Darren Balachek, as we went in the community for United Sport and Cycle, a community-owned store for over 95 years in the heart of old Strathcona. A lot of, uh, I guess you could say, Military nights tonight, tomorrow we'll see them at various games. If you're out and about, buy a poppy, pick one up. If you have the opportunity tomorrow, go to a service. I mean, these men and women paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. There's a service here in West Edmonton Mall at 10 o'clock, I believe. They have it down in uh, the Ice Palace. It's always 
jam-packed, have gone to it several years. To see the emotion, to see what everyone went through to pay the ultimate sacrifice, it makes a lot of what we've talked about this morning regarding the state of a hockey team seem very, very irrelevant. And it puts everything into perspective. So if you have a chance, uh, you know, take some time tomorrow, tonight, you know, remember. Again, it's a, it's a day that uh, everyone in our city or country, province, across the world that uh, needs to take uh, that into consideration. So if you have a chance, uh, please do so. When we come back, we will uh, check in with Allison Lucan, Seattle Kraken analyst, on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time to elevate your game by Ram Elevators and Lifts. Uh, Forbes best rated residential elevators manufactured right here in Edmonton. Visit TrustRam.com for more information as we uh, welcome in Allison Lucan, uh, analyst for the Seattle Crack. And first off, uh, Allison, I, I have to really thank you for doing this. I mean, so you're with the team last night in Colorado. Seattle wins 4-3. I mean, what a trooper! You're you're on with us. Did you get any sleep last night? Well, like, holy smokes, this is incredible. <laughs> well, you know, this is the job, and this is what we sign up oh. for. And uh, happy to be here talking with you guys this morning. Oh wow! Well, thanks for being on. Can you just give us a rundown of what you saw in the Kraken's four-three win in Seattle, in uh, Colorado last night? Yeah, you know, I think this is a team that, if you talk to the coaches and players, they've been searching for a lot more consistency in their play. They lost it a couple games ago in a loss against Calgary. And I think that what we saw in Colorado last night with the addition of, of two call-ups from the AHL mm-hmm. club was, was arguably one of their most complete games to date and a lot of pressure and, 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 you know, give a darn in terms of coming back and winning that game in regulation. And so I think the club is feeling confident right now. It's going to be interesting to see what Saturday brings with two teams with some very different but very strong motivations. Oh, strong motivation on this side for sure. <laughs> you would think uh, that would be the case for the Edmonton Oilers, as you know, lost last night in San Jose. So the young players that came up that were called up, can you just expand on what you saw from them last night? Yeah, so Shane Wright, who, of course, everyone has followed, uh, mm-hmm. joined the team um, again, um, as well as Ryan Winterton, who came up and played his first ever NHL game. And and I have to be honest, I was very impressed with both players. You know, we saw Shane last season, and, and I obviously was able to see him in some of his AHL play in the playoffs last year. But this is a player who looks even more confident, even more comfortable mm-hmm in his role this year, and he's played a top-line role in the AHL under head coach Dan Bielsema. His ice time is up almost three and a half minutes per game, plus adding power play responsibilities to his role. He's tied for the goal lead um, in the AHL on his uh, team there in Coachella and Mm -hmm. tied for um, sixth place among all AHL rookies. So he looked good. He looks like he's taking a step in his career. And then Ryan Winterton really impressed me and, and full marks to the Kraken drafting and development team and, and the coaching staff in the AHL. This is a player who in the OHL, his, his work was, was marred by obviously COVID and then two big shoulder injuries. But no, as, as Dave Haxtell said last night, no moment was too big for him. Mm. Um, he came in, played on a fourth line with Shane and with Devin Shore. And this was a line that drives play. They did exactly what they needed to do. They wore down Colorado's defense. They would get into the offensive zone 
force a change on Colorado's side, and then the big boys from Seattle could come in and, and create scoring chance after scoring chance. Mm. So we don't know how long these two will, will be with the club, but mm. it, it was a really promising start for both of them this season. You know, the Oilers would like to have Devin Shore back right about now, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> That's how things are going here. Uh, Allison Lucan, uh, analyst for the Seattle Kraken, is our guest on Sports 1440. The reason, uh, and I'm going to get to some guys from Coachella Valley in a second, Allison, but the reason they were called up, these two players, is because of what happened to Jordan Eberle in practice. Do you have any update? Because of a lot of you know ties to Edmonton, and obviously he still holds, uh, you know, fans dear to their hearts here. It, you know, Everly was a, a key part of the Oilers for many years. Uh, any update with what uh, happened with uh, Jordan in practice with the skate cut? Yeah, so it was just, you know, and, and those of us who have been around the game or even played the game, we, we've seen incidences like this, just a, a, a freak fall and tangle up with with a teammate mm-hmm. and get the skate cut um, above the knee and uh, went in uh, to um, – Medical facilities had all the tests to make sure there was integrity in the muscles and the tendons and all those good things that go into making your leg and your knee work. And um, we didn't get much more detail than uh, than that it, it looks good um, from Dave Haxall, and he's considered day-to-day-ish right now. But I think, uh, again, for those of us who know how sharp those blades are, that that's the best possible outcome. And um, you know, cuts I've seen when there isn't any structural damage, you just have to wait for all that tissue to heal and reconnect. And obviously the crack and hope that he'll be back at full strength with them soon. And again, with everything that happened in England and then, you know, we had, of course, you know, with Vander Keen here last year, uh, we were just uh, holding our breaths here for Jordan Eberle. Hopefully things uh, all work out there. So Allison uh, Lukens, our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, Allison, you, you probably don't know, but you know who he is. Our guest host uh, on, our co-host, pardon me, on Tuesdays is Grant Fuhrer, who does mm-hmm. the color for Coachella Valley Firebirds, uh, the farm team for Seattle. So we talk about the, the Firebirds all the time. And one player that he really did mention at the start of the year Look out for Joey Decord. This guy is going to be able to take his game to the NHL, have no problem adjusting. How do you think Joey Decord didn't play last night, but how do you think Joey's Decord has looked so far in goal for the Kraken? Yeah, you know, Joey came up and played a little bit um, each of the last two seasons for the Kraken. This is his first full season with the club thus far and I think he's looked really good I agree obviously Grant knows you know um, <laughs> but I think that the biggest thing that, that is you like about Joey Decord is that this is a puck moving goaltender and we're seeing a little bit more of this you know I feel like in the past all we see are flubs right when a goaltender yeah. skates too far out or mishandles the puck but Joey really has a knack for it. He was completing 75% of his passes out of the goal last season when he did that. And other than, you know, continuing to work with his defenders and his support skaters on this team to make sure they all are on the same page with how he handles those pucks and makes decisions in certain situations, the, the guys on the back end here have said, you know, it's almost like having a third defender back there mm-hmm. to help with the breakout, to help challenge attacking teams. Now, you know, a player playing their first season in the NHL, there have been some learning moments. He makes a a decision, Joey does, in a game against Florida. The puck takes a weird bounce off the boards and ends up creating a scoring chance for Florida. But overall, I think it's a really nice opportunity for the player, and it's a great wrinkle for Dave Haxtell to add when he's making his lineup choices. Allison Lucan with us on Sports 1440. So how is Dave employing the two goaltenders, Decord and Grubauer? And can I, can you kind of pony up the, the similarities between the two goalies in moving the puck and how the defensemen kind of relate to that? 
Yeah. So, you know, again, Joey is your player who's going to skate out, be more aggressive, come completely out of the crease and go for, for aiding in the breakout um, or, you know, really look to not just dump to the corners, but send that puck north. Whereas Philip Grubauer, who is your starter here in Seattle, is mm-hmm. going to be a little bit more, you know, restrained in his crease and look to really just shut down the scoring chance. He was exceptional again against his former team last night. And so he's more of a traditional skater or, excuse me, goaler in that way, um, but just as effective in the most important part of his role, which is keeping pucks out of the net. Allison Lucan with us on Sports 1440, the Kevin Carey Show, 1026 in Edmonton. What do you think's going on with Maddie Beneers right now, Allison? In a bit of a, a funk, and we can relate to a lot of that with players here in Edmonton. What have you seen from a, a young player that's still maybe just trying to find his way in Seattle? Yeah, you know, luckily for him, he finally gets his first goal of the mm-hmm. season. Last night in Colorado does the whole monkey off the back <laughs> thing right after, of course. But, you know, I, I really haven't seen anything for concern in his underlying game. If mm-hmm. if you're a person like me who likes to look at the underlying numbers, this is a player who should have probably closer to at least three goals mm-hmm. at this point in the season based on what he's been creating. And, you know, he's been really composed as there have been some changes with some injuries to that top line. And as Dave Haxtall looked to find out who was going to be best going with who this season. But, you know, he's been responsible. He has not been rattled um, on or off the ice. He certainly was relieved and admitted as much last night. Um, But I think this is a player that's still developing. You know, this is a player who's maturing. And, of course, the league is going to make sure he takes his lumps along the way as he does that. Um, But I'm not concerned about what he's doing. You want to see more goals. The team wants to see more goals. But if he continues to trust what he's doing and play the right way, I think those goals are going to continue to come. Seattle Kraken analyst Allison Lucan with us on Sports 1440. You know, years ago they used to call New York Edmonton East. Now sometimes <laughs> some people call Seattle Edmonton West because so many uh, former Oilers have ended up with the Kraken. We mentioned two of them already in Jordan Eberle and Devin Shore. How would you assess the play of Kyler Yamamoto this year with the Kraken? Yeah, I really like this pickup for the Kraken. I mean, you all you all know in Edmonton, he was up there with, with Dreisaitl when he was healthy last season and showed that he could play with top-tier mm-hmm. players. And that's kind of what he's been for the Kraken so far is a versatile forward, moving around the lineup a little bit here as the team has dealt with some injuries and, like I said, some line shuffling. But he's, he's continuing to show that nose for the net. He's continuing to show that tenacity for loose pucks. You know, two goals two assists thus far on the season, seeing power play time. I think he's still settling in and really finding his comfort zone, but for what, you know, Ron Francis in this front office brought him in for, and again, there's that great off-ice story of him being from the local area and being the first Pacific Northwest uh, in the U.S. player to play for the Kraken. Um, It's a nice developing story so far. You know, Allison, one player that Oiler fans really miss and the organization misses and he doesn't get talked about a lot, but it's Adam Larson. And the Oilers uh-huh. have missed so much of that element that he brings to the game. They've missed that on the back end since he left. We we know why he left, and we wish him nothing but the best. But how much has he added uh, to the Kraken, not only on the ice, but, I mean, in the locker room? What a leader. Oh, my gosh. I'll, I'll, I'll happily talk about Adam Larson all, all day long, and, and I have done. Uh, you know, this is a player who I – argue with full marks to Vince Dunn and the season Mm -hmm. and the work that he had last year. Adam Larson is a key piece of that recipe for what Vince Dunn has become. The two 
got put together at the end of the inaugural season when the Kraken obviously moved a lot of pieces at the trade deadline. And Vince Dunn looked at what Adam Larson could do and said, I want to put in the work to be a player who can play the big minutes with Adam Larson. And then he has that big breakout season last year. And and I think the two complement each other so perfectly. We talk about being in the era of more active, more offensively minded defensemen. And, And Adam Larson is really, in my mind, a key player that can unlock that potential in a partner and and provide offense of his own, quite frankly. He's still not afraid to join the rush, to pinch down. And and for a while there, he had the most shots on the team. So he's not giving up on that element either. But off the ice, too, like you said, we talk about the work on the ice for Vince Dunn. You can see how the two push each other. Adam Larson doesn't speak a lot, but when he does, everyone listens. He is highly, highly respected by all of us around the team. And I think he's a huge piece of what Seattle is building, did last year, and hopefully will continue to do this year. You know, when he was here, he was such a key component of a glue guy. You know, we always call mm-hmm. them glue guys, and he was such a glue guy for the Oilers uh, when he was here. Uh, do you find that? And and then you sort of touched on it w- with Vince as being a defensive pair. Do you see that a lot with him? even the younger players, like even the guys that say that came up, you know, yesterday, that, you know, he, he kind of, you know, takes him under the wing, so to speak. Absolutely. You know, I think there, there's something to Adam Larson that, that people want to to get his respect, right, or his mm-hmm. approval of, of yeah. what you're doing, and not in, in a power-based way, but in a, a respect-based way. And it, it's fun, too, because Pierre-Edouard Belmar comes in and joins the team, and the two are best buddies. They, they live a couple <laughs> streets down from each other in the offseason, and that dynamic, I think, has aided the locker room chemistry as well. But, but yes, I think, again, you know, if, if Adam Larson says something to you, it means something. He doesn't mince words. Um, but he is also quick to praise. You know, mm-hmm. and he'll, he'll talk about how proud he is of Vince Dunn as well. And I think that's a big part of why guys want to be around him and want to learn from him, both just by example and when he does share his, his thoughts verbally. You know, yeah, you know, when I look at him, Allison, I see in a player, it could be a Shane Wright coming up or whatever. Maybe it is a Vince Dunn. But when I look at him, I go, uh, he's a guy that I don't want to let down. I, I, you know, like exactly. that's that's exactly. the guy. And And the Oilers need, you know, we kind of thought that that was going to happen. Uh, here and I don't we haven't been able to see that I don't want to let this guy down as much as you know what we're talking about in Seattle I think are the Kraken sort of after a slow start turning the corner here do you do you believe Allison or what are you seeing yeah you know and I'll I'll be very honest I think Saturday is going to be interesting you know we 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 teased at the beginning of this that, you know, Edmonton's very motivated, but they are. Um, and the Kraken can't rest on their laurels. They were building, building, mm-hmm. building to that consistency. And I mentioned kind of a letdown against Calgary. So the challenge is going to be for the Kraken. You, you finally got back to your game in Colorado. You played a complete game. Can you do it again? And, and when they start to find success, like we saw last year, I think they settle into a groove. Um, but that's going to be the challenge for them, particularly Saturday and going through the rest of the month that is heavily dotted with divisional t- matchups and, and some travel still. So they've, mm-hmm. they've still got a challenge ahead. <laughs> oh, they sure do. And But it's a fun team to watch. It's not like an old, old expansion team from years ago. They, you know, they push the play and they're a fun team to watch. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow, Allison. Appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully we can talk soon. It should be a good one tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Looking forward to it as well, and hopefully we chat again. Uh, and thanks for getting up and getting in late and doing all that <laughs> stuff. Man, get some rest for, before you got to uh, – do you have to have a practice today or is there a day off for the Kraken? 
thankfully we all have been granted a day off. Yay. <laughs> Good for you. We'll get some rest and enjoy the game tomorrow night. Thank you so much. All right. Great conversation. Thank you very much. That's uh, Allison Lucan. Seattle Kraken analyst, writer, does it all out in Seattle. And as you can tell, very, very uh, knowledgeable. Uh, And she elevated her game for sure after a tough travel day, tough everything. Uh, That's uh, for Ram Elevators and Lifts, uh, manufacturing the safest elevator since 1987. Trust uh, Ram.com. More texts coming in. Maybe we'll take a call or two if we can. Uh, We're going to check in a little bit about the NFL, I think. Maybe Duke, we haven't talked about it all day, but you had had to have a magical night at the uh, at the CBH and just enjoyed yourself immensely last night. <laughs> I, uh, I I keep thinking back. Honestly, every time we start talking about this game, all I can think about is Carmen DeFalco on the other end of the line. <laughs> like, he didn't know what to say. And rightfully so. Uh, this game, it went, I think, exactly how we all expected it to, which is kind of bad because the game was terrible. It, this was two really bad football teams. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Young, yikes. I, I think Panthers fans and even within the organization have to be kind of questioning things at this point because not only did they maybe make the wrong choice with what quarterback they took at number one, but gave what they up. gave up to acquire that selection. Um, you're talking about DJ Moore, a guy who... They could certainly use in bringing along a young quarterback as reliable as they come. He had another pretty decent game for the Bears last night. Um, Not only the other top 10 pick in last year's draft, their own selection, but this coming first-round pick, which as of right now is on pace to be a top three selection, a top two selection, Mm -hmm. very possibly the number one (laughs) overall selection in the next draft where you are looking at a what is certainly defined as a more generational-type quarterback than what they just took in Bryce Young because Bryce Young not the consensus first overall pick and there are starting Mm -hmm. to be a few eyebrows raised and question marks around Caleb Williams uh, out of USC last year's Heisman winner he seems to have trouble beating um bad good teams teams, they really beat up on the bad teams but wants a piece of the ownership (laughs) he can't play defense like USC's defense they just fired their coordinator last week like the defense is terrible Uh, the games are like 90 points combined every week but all that aside Caleb Williams still the de facto number one pick looks like a sure thing as uh, since we've as we've seen since probably Trevor Lawrence coming out of mm-hmm. Clemson. So the Panthers are kicking themselves. The Bears they're laughing because they have the Panthers pick and they get a win over them as well. Revenge game for Dante Foreman who scored the uh, only <laughs> offensive touchdown of the game. Um, the aforementioned DJ Moore with a good outing. And Tyson Bagent, I mean, it's obviously a feel-good story oh. coming out of Div 2. Uh, Colorado School of Mines was the last opponent he faced before coming into the <laughs> NFL. Uh, and his dad, yeah, a wor- I, I world know. champion arm gonna, wrestler. Did you see that during the broadcast last yeah. night? Oh, yeah. Holy man, that guy, he almost tore that one guy's arm off. It's, it's pretty intimidating. I'd like to see him go up against Eddie. Oh, <laughs> and Laddie. <laughs> well, what, what did Eddie say? Laddie's about the pecs. Yeah. And Laddie was bragging about his six-pack or eight-pack yeah. yesterday on Eddie's there, so. got some guns, yeah. Oh, yeah. Eddie's arms are the size of my head. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh. but overall, always a good time at the CBH. That's never mm-hmm. in question. The drinks are cold. The food's great. I enjoyed a uh, buffalo chicken poutine. Really? Last night, oh, so good! They're the they get some jalapenos in on it. The gravy and cheese curds are, are great, and um, the chicken like it's the same. Like basically, if you ordered a buffalo chicken burger, they just are dicing that up into little cubes and throwing it in with the rest of the mix and some hot sauce. Perfect. I I, I love that type of meal. Are uh, you in or are you out, Duke? Jalapenos on poutine? Yeah, oh yeah. I, the 
I like a plain Jane poutine, just fries, gravy, curds. But if you can spice it up, like with um, whether it be a different type of protein, chicken, uh, you know what's really good? One of my favorites, Don- Donaire poutine. Oh, I was I thought pulled pork would be. That's here. a common one as yeah. well, which I, I enjoy. But yeah, Donaire poutine, buffalo chicken poutine, I love that. And so if you're throwing a little garnishes, whether it be jalapenos, um, some tomatoes or stuff on a Donaire one, I'm all about that. I like a little a little pizzazz. Uh, figure these. Well, <laughs> I wonder what we're gonna have to have for the in and out for LA on Monday. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, mayo on a sandwich. Are you in or out? <laughs> you know, it's gonna be that. Uh, we'll be back. We've got uh, open line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We'll get to more of your texts when we come back to wrap up a busy, busy day and a busy week. Stay with us. We got lots more to come on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Ah, that's the best way to end the week, Duke. By far, from Slapshot. From Slapshot, Sonny James. Week 12 of the NFL. Last night, we talked about it a little bit before the break. Is there one game in particular, Duke, that you are looking forward to watching? I'm going to say, I hate to say it, because of the former Roshep T-Bird. Connor Halley. The Chargers in Detroit. Does Detroit take this next step and go seven and two? The Chargers are four and four. Can Detroit win in a building where again it's probably going to be fifty percent Lions fans? I like this game. This is the game that I want to watch. There, there are actually a lot of enticing matchups as we roll into a uh, week ten. Not the best start. Mm-hmm. Um, Panthers and Bears last night, and actually the other primetime games are no uh, screaming heck either. Uh, Jets Raiders Sunday night, Broncos Bills <laughs> on Monday. Like this <laughs> Again, is this really Jets, tests eh? the fortitude of uh, football fans if you're willing to sit down with these standalone games. But um, yeah, Lions Chargers certainly on my radar. My Texans are taking on the Bengals. Uh, will be a big test for them. Bengals look like they might be without a yeah, without a couple. T Higgins is out. Receivers, uh, Jamar Chase, yeah. I think. Is still listed as questionable. Chase, I think, is in. Higgins is out. Confer- okay. okay, I uh, yep. hadn't checked uh, yep. injury reports from yesterday yet. Um, Niners, Jags, Niners, uh, both them coming off the bye. Niners lost three in a row heading into it. Uh, Jacksonville trying to establish themselves as a top tier AFC team, much like the Lions are trying to do over on the um, National Football Conference side of things. And, and then, I mean, hey, who doesn't love a good divisional matchup in the AFC North? Ravens <laughs> and Browns, two of the yeah. best defenses. Um, Lamar Jackson has been great. The Ravens actually might be the best team in the AFC uh, top to bottom this season with the Chiefs uh, having their fair share of issues and losing to the Broncos. So uh, I think there's plenty of intrigue this weekend. Even the Saints and Vikings. I mean, Mm -hmm. can Josh Dobbs duplicate what we saw? And the Saints are still clamoring to win that absolutely abysmal NFC South. So there's it it might not at first glance look like too much, but we get things started Mm -hmm. nice and early in Germany on Sunday morning. And then there's lots of good games throughout the day. I thought when you said, who doesn't like a nice divisional matchup? I thought you were going to say the Giants and Dallas. I think, I think the line has moved to 17 and a half now. Is that true? 17 and a half. I I, I think that's what, what it was yesterday because everyone's been taking, I think it started at 15 and a half. And people just hammering the Cowboys. Yeah. So 17 and a half. That's, you know, now you're talking three touchdowns you got to win by. That, that's not out of the realm for the no. Giants this season. They are so bad. And uh, I do believe Tommy DeVito is going to start a Danny. quarter. Yeah, Danny. <laughs> his brother, uh, Tommy Danny DeVito, the, the penguin, starting oh, at QB for the Giants. Uh, I mean, man, he... How do you start a quarterback I, well, where you I, I don't, don't trust to throw the ball at all? Like, 
it, it is whatever. And, it, and so, I think he actually probably wasn't as bad last week as maybe I've made out it to be. But the Giants are just a bad team. Mm-hmm. Poor Struddy. Uh, his hopes were probably so high coming into the season. They had a playoff win last year beating the Vikings. And they are terrible. Yeah. I mean... It's sad to see what's happened to them there. I mean, I mean, Struddy was so high on Dable. He was like, this is the guy. He, I mean, he, I remember Struddy, oh, yeah, we finally got our guy. We had some bad coaches. Uh, this is our guy, and now look at it. The, the organizational Unsolved. choice to sign Daniel Jones to a big mm-hmm. contract and not be willing to shell out the money for Saquon Barkley, it's almost I, – yep. I hate to use this in sports because it's so overused, but like, it's almost like – karma coming around to this organization because Daniel Jones has not shown that he is a legitimate franchise QB yet they paid him like one whereas Saquon Barkley is one of the premier running running backs not only three down running back three down back he can block he can catch passes and he can run the dang football physically or with finesse so when you're when you're willing to spend money on a guy who played his college ball at Duke and looks like Eli Manning Jr. Although Eli Manning, of course, an all-time great. Maybe that's why. He tricked the organization into thinking this is just Eli Manning, mm-hmm. but he is not. <laughs> I just wanted to update you, Duke, as well, as we head into Fantasy Frenzy at 11 o'clock, that global warming at 0-10. That's mm-hmm. the team name right here. That's obviously where I used to work. A 38% underdog, despite 17.2 points last night from Donta Foreman. Still a massive underdog. That's how good the, the guys that I'm playing and how bad I'm that I got. So I'll, I got Joe Mixon going against Houston. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I that, need a, that will probably work. Houston hopefully, need stop a big game. But I mean, Gina Davis was terrible uh, last week for Buffalo. So zero goose zero nothing. That cost me it right there. Uh, then I got two you should of your have boys. Listened in. We told we told the listeners about that Gina Davis, Gabe Davis. Uh, wow. The week following a big game, and which he had the week prior, uh, Davis in the Davis tank. is um, he he'd still scored, okay. but targets down, receptions down, and yardage. I don't think it ever topped fifty yards. I so. think I'm going to leave him in because I think I'm looking for a bounce back sure. game. So I'm going to be leaving him in. I also picked up uh, a couple other guys on waivers, but I got Nico Collins now, and I don't know, he's been. One of 80 players in the Houston's injury report to start the week. Yeah, he's got a big Swiss flag beside his name. So anyway, 0-10, looking to be 0-11, the first team in our league history not to record a win. And again, as I said many times, we, I made the trade. I got rid of B. John Robinson and Brandon Ayuk, and the guy that I traded to has to do half the shots that, that I you're, that I that you are absolutely accumul- accumulating at this point. You're, ten, you're, I, you're I, no, be a five shots. or six right now. Five. Uh, no, like I'm at five or six right now. Like you're reaching the point you're not going to be able to drive home. Well, or do you ever drive home no, after the draft? Well, we we had it in our backyard one time, so <laughs> I didn't have to do that one. But you're very correct in that. It's it's very disappointing. Will you watch some CFL tomorrow if you have the chance? I'll be at the farm, so uh, mm-hmm. if I'm in and out of the house throughout the afternoon, it will certainly be worth flicking on the TV. I'm, I, I we brought it up in in or out with Eddie. Like, is it a sure thing that we are going to see Bombers Argos? It's been the storyline all year. We had Rod Peterson on yeah. to try and tell us earlier this fall that don't be so sure the BC Lions could uh, make a push. You pegged the Alouettes as a dark horse team, but re- realistically, yeah, like we're, we're we're talking Bombers Argos realistically Grey Cup, Grey Cup rematch. Uh, mm-hmm. On November nineteenth, 
realistically, yes. There are still a few storylines. I mean, Montreal's defense and special teams are very good. I think that ha- they have to excel for a chance to beat the Argos. Did you know, Duke, that last year and this year, basically the same way the standings were? Everything's oh, really? the same. Yeah, everything's the same. East final, West final, same thing. And then the Great Cup, everybody is predicting the same thing as well. Hardy Cup tomorrow. University of Alberta Golden Bears, led by Chris Morris and Matthew Peterson, both picked up honors yesterday for Canada West and the UBC Thunderbirds. The Birds beat them twice this year. I went to the game, the, the, the game at, at uh, Foot Field. UBC by far was the better team. It looked to me like in that game, Eli Hetlinger had trouble passing the ball in the cold weather. It was cold that day. It was probably minus seven, minus eight. Then when the wind chill, it was nippy. They didn't run the ball very well against UBC defense. UBC, as we mentioned, went right after the Golden Bears with number 82. I can't remember his name again. I have to look it up. Robinson, Robertson, something like that. That's all they did. They pasted the Bears defensively by certain schemes by number 82 where they just followed him, whether he came out of the backfield blocking for the running game or if it was uh, a pass in the flats, screen, whatever. Wherever 82 was, that's where the ball went. Keep an eye on that tomorrow if you can watch the game. So, hey, did we ever find out if it's going to be on somewhere? Remember we were asking about that yesterday? Yes. It's being streamed, but I thought maybe in a bar or something, right? It isn't. I... I because I, I saw it on Twitter that there's a bar hosting it and getting the sound on, but I could yeah. I, I totally escaped my mind uh, with the rest of the day getting away from me. Um, I forgot to double check where it's at, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, and I think we had a message from uh, Jana, longtime happy listener, yesterday about you just need a code to queue in. Apparently, to, to the she, Canada, to- she has. Oh. Well, a code that uh, I, if, we're, if we're willing, you know, sharing Netflix passwords, similar thing, uh, reach out to Jana on Twitter. Maybe she'll be willing to. Uh, yeah. And then Jana gets her. her sub- Revoked. Yeah. Everything subscribed is totally gone. and Season's over. Well, oh, football yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Jana, I don't know if that's a wise idea. So to wrap up the week, Duke, I never thought the week was going to be like this. I really didn't. You know, Sunday. You and me both. Do you remember Sunday we were texting each other? Okay, what are we doing? We said, well, we got this, we got that. Never thought that on Monday morning, and we talked about it earlier this week, there would still be the residue, I guess you could say, from the Nashville game from Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're talking two days later, there still was on Monday. And then the loss to Vancouver on Monday. Tuesday, all hell broke loose here in the, you know, with the phone lines, with people texting in. Thanks again to all our uh, listeners and calling in, texting in, being part of our show. For two days, then, uh, you know, there was, you know, then you got Jack Campbell. Then he gets waived. Everyone in Oilers Nation is going, okay, this is the right call. But then you have, you know, the rookie party. You have everyone's going, ah, this team is going to get back on track. Message sent. Well, the message didn't get received yesterday. Yes, there were times that the Oilers played well. There were times that things looked okay. But again, just lost. Just lost. That's it. Can't beat San Jose. Can't beat San Jose. Now you're tied with the Sharks for last overall in the NHL. And one other thing, I, and I don't know if we mentioned this on air, 
you have to get, let's give the Sharks a little bit of credit. After losing 10-2, 10-1, they had a meeting with their GM, came out and played hard last night. They played hard. They were embarrassed for two games. One against Philadelphia. Maybe didn't deserve to win against Philadelphia. But let's be honest. Last night, they had the better scoring chances than the Oilers. They might not have had quality, uh, didn't did quantity of shots. We know that. They were the better team last night. If you're going to look at it on a whole thing, chances, the strip of, of uh, Connor in the first period, the save that Darnell Nurse made in the crease behind Stuart Skinner, swipes the puck to you know, to safety. It could have been 2-0 two, two right off the hop. I mean, and San Jose deserved to win last night. And it's been documented that uh, the prior to their win uh, against the Flyers, the Sharks' only point on the board came from a... Uh, noticeable effort from goaltender Mackenzie Blackwood 39 saves again last night mm-hmm. and there were a few very good ones mixed in but we talked about this all morning uh, not a lot of actually real quality shots a lot of stuff from the perimeter and not getting guys uh, inside and driving yep. that he made a couple big saves don't like I'm not trying to take anything away from him but they capitalized on the chances they had they got good goaltending and they kind of just bared down and played um, played hard and played the style necessary to gut out a win. Penalty yeah. kill was good. It's almost everything that has gone against the Oilers so far this season is what the Sharks galvanized around uh, and got the win mm-hmm. last night. So it is what it is, and it's natural for sports fans, and we we focus on it here in Edmonton because yeah. the, the past decade prior to this one was uh, pretty bleak. But we got another game tomorrow. The sun's still going to come up tomorrow morning. Like you said, taking a nice Remembrance Day service. Yes. Uh, enjoy it. The, the weather is still nice, beautiful for the middle of November. And then uh, settle in for a nice nightcap on the West Coast and, and cheer your team on. Put your Christmas lights up today. Don't turn them on until after Remembrance Day. That's when Christmas lights should go on, not before Remembrance Day. Thanks to all our guests coming in. Jason Greger, Mark Spector. Gord Stellick, uh, Sirius XM NHL Radio. Darren Balachuk from Pandas Hockey and Allison Lucan. Great conversation from the Seattle Kraken. And thanks to Allison for getting up early and getting no sleep. And our co-host for Bonton Bakery, Eddie Steele, the former CFLer and double ear. Coming up at the top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... Former Ross Shep Tiber. Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas at 12 o'clock. The Lowdown with Alan Mitchell. Jason Greger takes us home on Sports 1440 from 2 to 6. Thanks so much to all our listeners for texting in, calling in. We had a blast with you today. Hopefully Monday morning it's under different circumstances. As the Duke said, if you can take in a Remembrance Day ceremony tomorrow, please do so. And please, please, lest we forget. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday morning.